When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and of course, I'm sitting next to my bud, Tone. What's up, Tony? What's going on, brother? Hey, man. So uh, we got another fun guest on today, huh? Oh, yeah. Another uh, really, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, a legend in the shadows, really. I mean, he, he's, he's been around a long time, and he's done a lot for this industry as well. I mean, I think the best words to use for him is maybe influential, right? Like, he's been really Absolutely. influential, even if... Even if uh, even if his name isn't as big as um as some of his partners, you know he uh he certainly has been influential. Oh, absolutely. He's he's helped thousands and thousands of of people in salons and and just you know hairdressers to be better uh, themselves. You know what I mean? A better self. Yeah, I mean not just a better self, but you know let's get down to it. I mean you know he's made a lot of people a lot of money. Yeah, he's he definitely changed lives. You know, I mean think about that. Think about what you just said. He's changed lives. You know, I mean, at what point in my life do I get to say, I change that person's life? Or, you know, for, for, for our guest today, he doesn't even know whose lives he's changed, but he knows that he's done it, right? Right. That's amazing. Well, I mean, let's, uh, let's introduce him. Should we jump in? Let's do it. <laughs> I'm going to try not to miss this. Stuff right. this time. <laughs> Mr. Randy Kunkel, thank you very much for joining us on your day off. You know what? I, this is really kind of fun. Um, I get interviews, we've done tapes, we've done books, we've done all kinds of stuff. And usually, you know, you're just doing audio. And so I'm comfortable doing this. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of excited to know you guys better. Awesome, Randy. Well, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for bringing us on. I mean, I think I, we're more excited to know you better. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. He's like, who are these two dudes? <laughs> right. That's kind of what I said at first. It was like, what? Right. Who is it? <laughs> You What's know. a podcast? What? It, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to start this one off like we start every other podcast okay. off, and we just want to know. Um, well, let's. I mean, let's 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 before we jump into. Uh, yeah, yeah. But before we jump into his story, I think let's um let's let's tell our listeners like how we learned about Randy, shall we? Go for it. <laughs> so, um, actually, I, I guess I don't know. A couple months ago now, we um. We were talking to Michael Cole and um, Michael Cole, who uh, started Summit Salon Center. Is it Rand? Is it Center? Summit Salon Business Center. Yeah, yeah. Summit Salon Business Center. So, right, right. right, Exactly. So, like, where I thought, like, you know, I thought Michael was the genius, but Michael, uh, Michael assured us that uh, he was less the genius than uh, Randy was, and Randy's actually the uh, the genius behind uh, behind Summit Salon Business Centers. So that's how we uh, that's how we got to learn about Randy and. That's why we asked him to come on so we could, uh, you know, get the other side of the story, so to speak. Perfect. Perfect. So now. <laughs> so now let's ask Randy. Let's ask Randy. So now we got the setup. Well, yeah. Right. I, uh, where are you from and where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in Northeast Indiana and um, we had approximately eight salons in, in our lifetime. And, 
and about 130 hairstylists. And, and, you know, from doing something like that, that's how you learn. But it's kind of a cool story because I grew up in a home where my father owned a salon. And so get me outside of the salon business, I might be dumb as a rock, you know. <laughs> but, but inside the business, I mean, we've done very good. And so, you know, how you go through things in your life and you hit the wall and you either rebound off of it or you don't. And so I was 35. I started being a hairstylist when I was 19. And in this progression, my father had passed. We went from one salon to three salons. And then, you know, it's like, ooh, you know, and, and things started getting shaky. And it was like, oh, my God, I need help. So, so at three salons, you felt like you were a little bit like, yeah. I don't know, overstretched? Well, I had some personal stuff, you know, going on. So, uh, like, most of the people around me voted that I should go to a treatment center. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I did. And uh, about 40 days later, I got out, and uh, I haven't had anything to drink or use in uh, 33 years. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. So, I mean, you know, in that rebound and then going through that, of course, I lost the three salons, and, and then you start rebounding from that. And I said, okay, I have got to change what I am, who I am, where I'm going. And I started living for the people I was hiring and growing. So I had learned in recovery that I was like way bringing in a lot more money than everybody else. So I was like way self-centered and all that good stuff. And, you know, I'm not trying to preach here, but it was like, oh my God. So Kunkel, you have got to change. And so I got all about how can I grow these hairstylists? And so we went from like, you know, three or four of us to over 130 in eight years. Wow. I know. And so there is the life of a commitment. So I just made a commitment. I kept my head down and just kept growing people. And then every now and then we'd, we'd pop off another studio in another county and boom, we would do it again. And so it was so much fun and I loved it. It was a great experience. After that, uh, we got invited out into the world, so to speak. Uh, a lot of manufacturers that we were using, Red can be in the most used, uh, said, you know, maybe you come out and help the world. And so we did. Sharon and I said, okay, we did a hands-off. We did a succession program, handed it down, and started, you know, going out in the world. And um, it's pretty wild. So not to interrupt you, but, uh, you know, what – it's fascinating to how many successful people that you hear that their primary focus is on building other people. I mean, I think that's kind of the only way to do it, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's called, it's called servant leadership, but I didn't know it was called that. I just knew that I better not be about me and be about other people or I might use or drink or whatever again. And I didn't want to. Hey, Randy, do you, to, to, just to be 100% frank and honest, do you think that um, you just changed obsessions and, and instead of like the bottle or the whatever the use was, it, it became people? I had a new addiction. I, I loved when they grow their money, they would get a new car. I loved when they got a new home. I loved when they were able to improve their life. And I got addicted to that high of helping other people become not only reach a, a point of freedom, 
but a whole new point in their life they never dreamed they would see. And so Michael would call it, or some of my friends would call it, you would take them island hopping, and then you would make it come true. Wow. And teach them how to do it. So from those systems, and, and a lot of it came out of Michael's materials, but from those systems, uh, that's how we started the consulting company. And then uh, Michael and Mary joined us in 1998, and kind of the rest is history after that, you know. And then um, Peter and Glenn uh, joined our company, and and Frank and Scott, Frank Gambuza and, and Scott Massad. And so, I mean, we just started building this huge mountain, and it was all about building people and then passing it on. And it's obviously turned out into a huge success. I believe with our latest new class of consultants, we're up to about close to 98 or 100 consultants now that travel the United States in Canada. And uh, as far as Denmark, Iceland, uh, it's unbelievable, you know. And so, yeah, we're just out there teaching them, you know, people one person at a time and trying to help the independent salon stay alive and grow and become. I think yeah. we have one of those consultants, don't we? Isn't that our 10 minutes with Tim? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Tim Fist. Yeah. Yeah, he's been, yeah. yeah. He's been with us and he was a great example in the salon and grew that salon. And he was certainly key in that. And we said, Hey, we better tag that guy and get him on board. So Tim's doing a you, great job for us. Doing such amazing things for, for so many people. I mean, how and where do you guys find your inspiration? I mean, what, what, I mean, I know we've, we've, we found what drives you, but I mean, how do you, I mean, I don't know what I'm saying, but you know what I mean? How do you, you develop these systems? I mean, just through, I guess, experience well, or, you know, a lot of people, a lot of other industries call them KPI systems or key performance index. In other words, we made a, a, a level charts and it had eight key ingredients on it. And said, okay, well, if you hit these guidelines, it'll be time for you to move on and raise prices and so on and so forth. And so that took a lot of relief to people because they didn't have to decide on their own when to change prices, when they were getting better, because we started teaching measurements. And from those measurements, they got courage and they got free of being caretakers and discounters and everything else that's wrong. And so, you know, it just started happening. And our inspiration comes from the next great story. We always have a next great story coming around the, the bend, you know, it's pretty wild. It's almost like they took like a, like a fortune 500 um, perspective or, or, or use. Right. We did. And they, 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 uh, and pardon the word, just for the lack of a better word, but they kind of dumbed it down to be able to use, you know, in, in the actual hair salon. What for us, dumb hairdressers? <laughs> no, 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 no. We really, but I mean, we really did dumb it down. I mean, but, you know, it's cool. I mean, it works. I didn't know that at the time. I mean, think about 1985, for God's sakes, you know, and I'm, I'm still walking around in the fog. But here's what I knew was that I wanted to grow people without talking about money. Today we talk about money, but you know, of course back then it was like, no, that wasn't cool. And these are artists and they just want to achieve artist levels. And then of course the money will show up. Right. 
And right. that, that's how we started it all. That's how it all started, really. Wow, that's incredible. Actually, you know, that, that, that he said that, and, and, you know, to be clear, I just watched a documentary with, uh, with Trevor Sorby and uh, Vidal Sassoon and Robert Labetta in it. So, uh, you know, they, they kept talking about the art, kept talking about the art, kept talking about the art. And what I took from that, actually, is I, I think we're in a, currently in the industry, we're in a big shift. And I think there's a lot more going back to the art of hairdressing as opposed to finally we have the lowest unemployment we've had in over 40 years in america so the salon professionals are doing so well and the spa professionals everybody's up i mean everybody's increasing like crazy because people are not living in fear of losing their jobs i mean so we're down to what three and a half four percent in america we haven't had that for 40 years so i mean it's pretty wild that's yeah, that's fantastic. Like you said, like in our conversation earlier, I think I'll, I'll open up a salon with Corey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so by mentoring all these people, and you know what I mean, everybody's looking to you for for uh, inspiration. Is there somebody, or have been somebody in your life that that was your mentor or influenced you uh, tremendously in the things that you do now? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've had so much fortune, good fortune of so many mentors. Um, I kind of became a math specialist and I, and uh, my mother was really good at that, but I had some great mentors in school and teachers and certain people, you know, how you find certain people you connect with more than others and, and just led me to new ground. So I became, you know, this hairstylist, but, but yet I was analytical at the same time. Right. And, um, but, oh, my gosh, you know, you named off a lot of people that, that are mentors to me that, that raised me up and said, let me show you how to be in business in the hair business and in the spa business and so on and so forth. And what are the do's and don'ts and what's the political awareness and, and all that. And then the, my biggest portion of my life is, oh, my God, you know, um, what are we going to do? You're in recovery. So. You can imagine the amount of mentors I've had in 33 years mm, yeah. of, of, of recovery. So uh, God bless them. I mean, man, that, you know, what can I say? So inspiration, direction, mentorship. Yeah, I was taught that because actually I, I don't think I was a very good teacher to begin with until I um, started, you know, really getting excited about people moving up the ladder and not realizing it. They were doing it and they didn't, and they weren't working for money. I mean, it was, that's cool. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it still works. I mean, it's working, right? Um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Every day. right? Yeah. You know, you surround yourself with a bunch of uh, service providers, man. You know, you, you see it, right? I do. I do. so if you're like a, uh, what, what, what are a couple pieces of advice that you would give like a, you know, like a, a young service provider, a young hairdresser that's coming right out of school, like on day one on the floor, is there any advice that you would give to, uh, to set the career up? You know, I, I would, I would say you do need a mentor. You do need a coach. You do need somebody that's going to take you up the ladder with them. You know, it's like, I, right. I tease Michael and Mary Cole a lot for adopting Sheridan and Randy Kunkel from Northern Indiana and putting us on the map, you know, and it's like, it's like, who the hell, you know, but 
So, um, yeah. And, but I, th- I'm a believer of that. You know, somebody almost has to adopt you. I mean, you guys go back in your career, but it's like somebody adopted you along the way to teach you and help you become different than other people. And so that you would shine or eventually shine. And, and then you go on and become more if you choose to be. But I think you need to look for that person right away and don't, don't get sold on yourself. That's my, that's the fear right there. I mean, I'll speak for Tony and I, I mean, we had an amazing mentor who, uh, who owns 17 salons now. Wow. But, um, and I mean, if you knew, I can name drop, but you know, if you, just some of the people that came through his salon and then some of the people that we've been very fortunate to, uh, to meet over, um, over our careers, you know, uh, he just he's put out a lot of not just you know not just working hairdressers but he's put out true artists and and, and true yeah. influencers. See, yeah. that's exactly the right information I want to get out to these people getting out of school. It's like, oh, don't go off on your own. I mean, it's like, no, no, you want to be in a crowd. You want to be in something I think fairly large because I want to be surrounded with people that are willing to teach and somebody someplace and they're going to go up the ladder and I kind of want to go with them like you guys did. And it's like, you know, I can't imagine 17 salons. I mean, I think, I think Glenn and and Peter up in Canada have like 21 or 23 salons. I mean, a lot of salons. And so it's like, Oh my gosh. So I hang with those people and makes me look like what we did was nothing, but, but we (laughs) used a system and, but behind the system was a belief that you're more important than I am and I'm going right. to spend more time with you and not worry about me. Right. Yeah. But what you guys did, you're, I mean, you're helping thousands of salons. I mean, I think are... the last time I checked at the end of last year, we're in over more than 300 salons a month, a month, a month. Wow. That we consult. So that's huge. Yeah. Last year alone, we, we taught classes in front of over 8,000 stylists. And I think total in front of 2,400 different salons. And so we have a lot of other classes besides just the summit. It's three and a half days for that one. But we have a lot of one-day classes all over the earth going on. And that's really getting a lot of attention and attendance. And, yeah, so it's really been fun to watch. Fun to watch. Yeah. It must be amazing. Um, actually, I kind of want to get into it in just a second about I want to learn how uh, you and Michael met and I want to learn about Summit Drive. But however, um, it just must be amazing for you and Michael just to kind of sit back and go like, wow, man, you know, look, look how far this is going. Look how many people that we're impacting. I mean, I'm just I'm in all of you guys just to just from the uh, the perspective of, of influence that you've had over our industry. You know, when you sit back and reflect like that, and we've done that many, many times. And of course, it's a lot of giggles. And we were just in Minneapolis, St. Paul a few weeks ago and, and was able to spend, you know, three or four hours together. And that's about all we did the whole time was laugh, you know, but it's like, we just keep reflecting and bringing up people and faces and places and things that we've done and things that worked and things that didn't work. And, and, but we kept moving forward. We kept moving on. And, and so we we didn't know defeat. We didn't know failure. We didn't, you know, and we just kept doing it. And uh, we still are today, you know, 
but yeah, we, we get together and we're like a couple old hippies, you know? And so <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So do you want to kind of run down the story and tell me, uh, or tell us how, uh, or tell our listeners, I guess, how, um, how you and Michael met? Well, yeah, it's pretty fun. I was, um, actually, I, I was working at that time with a distributor out of Chicago, uh, and I was at a show and, and Michael and Mary were coming at a show and I think Michael had just come out of a surgery at that time in his life. And it was like mid nineties, you know, and it's like, Oh my gosh. And then, so he said, you know, the distributor said, I got to come meet you. Uh, you do a lot of my stuff. You're talking like I talk and all this good stuff. And I said, yeah, you know, I've got a lot of your speeches down. And if you get sick or anything, call me, I'll go do your gig. Yeah, I'm you taking know? over, man. <laughs> you know, no, I didn't try to take over. I mean, he's the, he's the Mac daddy. I don't get confused there, you know? So no, he's the known one and, and he's the speaker man. And, you know, I'm just the, the analysis behind it all, you know, right. Kind of the analytic nerd, you know? So, <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, we just have a great time. And so I would say probably the first time we met was, that's when we really sit down and talked or we went to dinner or they said, you know, we, and then we got home and, and, and they sent us a letter and they said, we'd like to invite you and some of your people from your company, your consultants up to our home. And we're working on a new seminar. And I said, cool, we'll be there. You know? So we loaded up the van and went up there and we lived in Chicago, you know, and yeah. it was great. I mean, so that was um, early 98, probably 1998. And by 99, we were legally a partnership and, and uh, they invited us and said, you know, do you have to live in Chicago? And it's like, not really. He's like, well, why don't you move up here? And so together, maybe we could help a lot of people, like really a lot of people. It's like, okay. So we did that and helped a lot of salons. But by July 2002, we did our first summit in their living room and they lived on summit Avenue. So, <laughs> you know, it's not, we're not that rocket scientist. We didn't think of summit, you know, it's like, what should we call it, man? It's like, I don't know. Well, I live on summit. Okay. What the hell they call it summit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it works so well now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what do you guys, so what do you guys do to challenge yourselves? And so you guys don't become stagnant or, you know what I mean? Or, cause you guys are constantly, just growing and as far as you know consultants educators uh your uh, just the things that you you guys teach you know the how, how do you guys keep yourselves you know just constantly challenged you know the challenges come to us um we don't have to go looking for them now i mean of course we're we're constantly we're in a lot of salons uh, sharon and i still travel about 25 weeks a year and I just, like I did a salon night last night, probably had 25 or 30 people there, but they all have questions. They all have problems. They all have stuff like that. And Michael's in those rooms too. And, and he's traveling and, and it's like, so he gets the same questions as well as Peter and Glenn, Dave Kirby and everybody else in our gang. And it's like, we just keep coming together and we try to find the common biggest object out there that we're facing. And then we start working towards it. You know, sometimes a year or two before we even bring it to uh, the surface, you know, so we have to make sure it's bulletproof, whatever new we introduce to the world. So at this point, but um, 
So our enthusiasm, our inspiration comes from challenges, from obstacles. Well, I guess that's kind of the definition of a consultant, right? Well, it, it makes our brain work, makes our brain work, you know? So, yeah. yeah. So what what are what are the uh, what are some of the biggest challenges that you that um that you guys are facing now you know at, at Summit or or and I don't know if that translates to the entire industry but you know what are some of the challenges that um that you're seeing for salon owners? Well, I'm told we're going to be around four thousand salons strong by the end of this year using our systems on a daily basis, and you know having said that, it's like thousands and thousands of service providers whether it's in a spa or hair, nails, skin, it doesn't, and massage, it makes no difference. You know, in the business of really making people feel better about themselves, we're trying to attempt that. And we see in good times, kind of what we've seen before, if we go back to the 80s, and we say, okay, well, in good times, we get tired of working with somebody or for somebody. We, we start twisting our words around, and then I want my freedom and I may go off on my own or I may go out as a pair or whatever the case, but it's, it's like I've been big and I think I want to go small. And I just caution people constantly about that. I'm not for or against any of the systems. I'm just saying be so careful because I've seen really great people go backwards. Yeah, 18 to 24 months and they go sideways. And, and I really believe that they're leaving their structure too soon in their career. I mean, to make their career stronger, I'd like to see, you know, there's a lot more shareholding going on. There's a lot more sharing of profits coming up. There's a lot of things that are going to be very, very futuristic. And I just, um, I'd, I'd like for them to stay in the cocoon longer to elongate their career. But I'm seeing people branch out and maybe they've been doing hair or skin or nails or massage for maybe six years, five years. And then they think, okay, I'm there. I've arrived and I'm going out on my own. And it's like, okay, maybe that's early, you know? Right. So maybe I need more structure underneath of me, you know, to get a little farther up. There's, there's uh Michael does a, a thing on Thursday nights and he interviews people that are making over a hundred thousand dollars a year on their W2 form. So that's even after commissions, it's including gratuities, of course, but it's, but it's after commissions and everything else. And that's pretty, yeah, that's incredible. So it is, I mean, we're, I was just listening to another podcast and they were saying that 62% of the, uh, the service provider revenues will come out of like studio salons. You know, I think the year was like 2022 or something. Is there something that Summit's doing to kind of, um, to kind of attract or to, or to have a business for um, like uh, studio owners as well? Or are you guys just strictly staying with like commission-based salons? No, I mean, we're trying to really flex up. I mean, it's okay that you brought it up. You know, we're, we're trying to flex up and have different models for different things. And, and certainly I believe you're right that 62% of it, that, that, that makes perfect sense to me because I see the direction of it going, but it looks a bit disorganized right now. And so, you know, for it to be a good informational channel and then a, then good business models around it, that seems to be the missing piece. And so uh, we're seeing what we can do about that. And, and we're investigating and talking to people and, 
and doing our own interviews with people and and finding out what's working and what's not working and yeah it's it's I, mean, I would agree I would agree with you completely I mean I think that the uh I don't know what I'm looking for, but the, uh, you know, just the studio salons, you're right. It, it does seem a little like chaotic and a little um, um, un, undirected or whatever, you know, like the, there's not really a great direction um, as an overall, uh, uh, if we, if we, if we looked at that as a separate industry, I don't really see a lot of direction coming out of that side of the industry. I, exactly. Yeah. I, I see that too. And a lot of great artists are, are in that field of, of the studios. And I, and I think that, they're missing a map. It's not like they need somebody there daily or anything, but they are missing a map that they maybe were accustomed to. They didn't realize that maybe they even fought the structure. I don't even know. But the point is they don't have a map to grow their business by, whether it's one person or two people or whatever, you know, keeping it small and growing. We, everybody's just natural. Everybody wants to grow. I mean, we all hate a year where we're making the same money or we're flat or, you know, that kind of thinking. And so, yeah, I, you know, I probably said too much, but, but I, I think that's a future thing to work on. Absolutely. And make some maps and, and seminars and things for, for that crowd. I think it's going to be a, a next up. So for those that you, that you said that's in the, uh, the cocoon, that's, you know what I mean? That before right. they, they branch out. What what would be the the best way or advice that you would give them to kind of like keep the keep their eye on the uh, on future results? What kind of advice do you give them? Well, of course, we measure everything we treasure. We measure from this to this, and you know, we, we play how much of what by when all the time. You know, how much of that do you think we need? How often do you think we need it? How long do you think we'll have to do that? So on and so forth. And so, you know, right now we're measuring the future results of longevity in certain salon cocoons before they go out and branch out. And then we're measuring how long they're successful out there before they start to maybe slide a bit. And it's like, okay, what started the slide? And, and, you know, maybe I wasn't ready to make some, my own decisions or something. And so that's, that's, um, that's what we're measuring and looking at now, but we measure everything. It does. I mean, I mean, and I can tell you, I mean, being in a summit salon for a few years that, um, you know, summit's great at, you know, future results are all written down, right? You know exactly where you're going to be in five years. You know exactly where you're going to be in seven years, as long as you play the game or as long as you, not the game in an insult kind of way, but as long as you play by the, by, by the rules or, or, or by measurements, you know, the, just the measure. Check. Thank you, Randy. Yeah. Check, check the measurements. Yeah, and there's no doubt about it. I mean, there's, and I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times with a few summit people that we've had on, but um, when I was with the summit salon, there's a, a hairdresser that I was talking to and we were just like, man, I, we, we really wish we had this, you know, early, early on in our career and we'd be so much further on in our careers, you know, because of summit, you know, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a huge fan of summit. Um, Randy, my friend. And um, that's what, now that I'm in a studio uh, salon, I think, I think my last question was just a little uh, uh, greedy on my part. No, no. I think, you know, if, if you're wanting a measurement, I can say that I would want to be around a hundred thousand dollar hairstylist before I ever thought about at least that, if not a little bit more before I would think about branching out on my own. Right. You know, and, and, but I see people leaving, 23, 24, 25 years of age, and, and they, they're doing a couple 
you know, um, maybe a couple grand a month. And it's like, no, 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 you you need to be doing 2000 a week or 3000 a week. It's like, Oh my gosh, you know, and then how am I going to maintain it? Who's going to support me? Don't I need some kind of team to support me to maintain this? And it's like, probably. So if you bounce, if you bounce at 2000 a week, you're in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So no, but thanks. I'm I'm glad you guys experienced it, and I hope it was successful for you. But you're right, and there's a lot of people in a lot of salons that say, "Oh my God, where have you been? I'd like to have this ten years ago, or twelve years ago, or fifteen years ago." And it's like, well, start right now, start now, you know. And it's like re- redo. Let's do a redo, you know. Let's hit another ball. We've got a mulligan. We need a mulligan. Yeah, we definitely. And you know what? On that note, Randy, and I think I'm more, I think I'm more interested in, in Randy instead of Summit. But, you know, if there was anything that you could do different in your career, you know, what, what would have that been? Or, or, you know, given the opportunity? Oh, gosh. Speaking of mulligans, huh? I mean, <laughs> there's some years I would like to have a redo. That's for sure. Um, I really have no complaints. I, I, what would I change in my career? I would study longer, harder, um, and become more educated. I would continue to try to improve myself at a, di- at a different level than, than what I did in the earlier years. So, you know, I wasted a lot of life between 20 and 35. I'd, I'd like to have some of that back. Yeah, I think we you know, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, where were you? I don't even remember. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's a lost time. So, right. you know. I think that I think you need those tough years in the 20s to find yourself at 35. Uh, I guess so. I guess yeah. so. It's part of the plan there. Okay. Okay. So you said that you would study. Uh, is, there, is there anything uh, in particular that you would like to study more? I think the world is a big math formula. I think everything comes down to the proper name of the game is formulation and not just color, but, you know, just life and math and, you know, what do I want to earn and how long do I want to earn it? And what life do I want to, I want to buy my freedom because you have to earn your freedom. So I understand that, but a lot of people don't know what that means or where it lives. And so teaching something about the afterlife of hairstylists, that's got to be someplace on the page for our future also, because we have got to start teaching that hard. And Peter Mahoney is really working hard on that right now. He's been teaching it a couple of years and it's like, it's very successful and thousands of people are filling his room because it's like, I'm going to end up with nothing if I don't start doing something different than what I'm doing. And I'm making a lot of money, but I'm living on it all. And so I don't know how to, save, grow, become, how to be more. So I think that's in the future, you know, I do. Do you guys, uh, you said Peter Mahoney's doing it. Do you guys, when you go into these salons, do you uh, help uh, coach these salons to, to share that with their, their hairdressers, their, their staff? Absolutely. Oh yeah. See, we do a lot of one-on-ones with the staff uh, and get to know them a bit and, and try to help them progress their career personally and with the salon owner present, of course, not, not without the salon owner, but 
with the salon owner. And so we're, t- we're, we're teaching coaching and mentoring. And there's coaching and getting through, you know, certain measurements and, and how to accomplish those. And then the mentorship is about growing a senior career-oriented person. And that's what's really getting to be a thrill for all of us. You know, but like I've been working on the generational model for the last couple of years. Michael's become a social media guru. Peter Mahoney and Glenn are working hard on the business side of afterlife of this stylist. And when do you want to have some freedom from behind that chair or table or spa room or, you know, and how much will you need to have set aside to be able to live the life that you're accustomed and when will you start setting that aside and what you're going to do about it? And so I think it's, it's, it's way important that we start teaching that even more. So, um, but yeah, we're all trying. So what, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you right now. That's all right. That's all right. So can you give us like just a, uh, an overview of what the uh, generational model is? Oh, the generational model says, you know, what if I have people in my salon building from 20 years of age to 60 years of age or 65 or 70 years of age. I like generational models like that. I like to walk in and see people in their thirties and forties and fifties and sixties. And I think it adds a lot of flavor to the salon to say, okay, I can pull from, because every 10 years we make a shift in our generations or so. And so I can attract all these different people so I don't get stuck with the label. And in the right. past, so you and I aged as hairstylists and we're still working together and stuff, and they call us, oh, that's the old guy's salon or that's the old people's salon. <laughs> so all the blue hairs go there, and, and it's like, oh, my God, you know, you, the label. Or we're young and we're fun and we're crazy, and, and that was an era. And, but then, you know, so – what about the middle there? What about the mid, you know? And so I started, you know, teaching generations. And so everybody could learn to communicate with the different generations. So it's been, it's been a fun class. It's been real good. That's pretty cool. I think I kind of want to take that now. I right. learn a little bit, you know? <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. I think he's talking about me. Am I too old? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're talking about me. <laughs> A couple old fellows here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, so, Randy, so uh, as we wind down here a little bit, uh, uh, tell me something that you are – by the way, uh, family's off. You can't say family and world peace. That's off the table. Okay. We need to know some kind of material thing. What are you absolutely obsessed with right now? I mean, is it like – you know, is it, is, is it a pen that you're using? Is it is it a shirt that you wear? What, a cologne that you wear? What are you absolutely obsessed with right now? Well, I, I love our new laptop. We just got it like a couple of weeks ago, and I'm still trying to learn it all, but I'm, I'm obsessed with that. Got a new vehicle this year. Love that. You know, What'd you get? Oh, I got a, a Yukon XL and pretty dressed out, you know? Because it's like when we travel, you almost need like a walk-in closet in the back end, right? You know, so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Traveling so, that, that many weeks of the year, right? No yeah. Doubt. I love doing it, though, because, you know, I hate going to airports. And I, I've flown how many years, but it's like I hate going to airports. You sit there an hour and a half, and now the flight's delayed, and then we're going to get in late. And then you have to, I mean, it's like 
Oh hell no. Now the now the <laughs> car rental place is closed and it's like, no, I'm over it. I'm just gonna <laughs> take off and drive. I don't give a shit if it takes me two weeks to get someplace that I'm gonna be there a week. I don't care because I got the time and we've earned the right, you know? A lot of beautiful things driving too. Yeah, kidding. Yeah. yeah. It is. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. So so most cars in Tampa, when they're sold, they're sold as two-wheel drive. Please tell me you have an all-wheel or four-wheel drive. I have, I have a four-wheel drive. Yes. <laughs> I have a four-wheel drive. Just in, case a, I, just in case I get on the East Coast and it's like, now I've really got to have four-wheel drive, you know, because like, you guys have winners like nine months out of the year. So it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Tearing up the sand of Daytona. That's oh what I was going to say, right? Yeah, <laughs> you can go across the street, That's yeah. kind of fun too, you know. I just don't want to scratch up my new truck, but you know, other than that, <laughs> there's the truth. There's the truth. So it's been a great evening. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely, Randy. Enjoyed well, we really, it. We really, really appreciate yeah. uh, everything that you've uh, given to us. Absolutely, to our industry. Yeah, right here to the industry. Hundred percent. All right, so let's. Uh, I guess we have to make it official now, don't we? Huh? Yep. Let's do it. Uh, Mr. Randall Kunkel of uh, Summit Salon Business Center, thank you very much for joining us on your day off. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Please do me. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>